Hello and welcome to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your host, Steve. And in this podcast, we're going to explore the reality of living life as an expat in Australia and what it really means to feel like you belong. Join us as we uncover the challenges and opportunities that expat life presents on the search for settled. With our stories, tips and interviews, see us as your two friends to help you navigate expat life abroad. Just to let you know, this video podcast series is brought to you by the team at Auric Migration and Mobility. Now, Auric have helped us personally with my visa process to Australia, and we only know too well how difficult the entire process can be if you're doing it by yourself. They have also helped hundreds of our followers, and they're offering our listeners an initial assessment for free. Email them your visa situation, questions or concerns, and they will get back to it at no extra cost. Simply mention the Expat Reality Podcast when you email them at migration at auric.com. Auric is spelled A-U-R-E-C. So that's migration at auric.com. Hi, everyone. Before we get started today, we'd just like to say, please, can you like and subscribe our podcast? This is a really new podcast. We're only on our episode 15 right now. So if you can like and subscribe, you're going to help us keep doing more and more of these podcast episodes. That's right. Leave us a review. Tell everyone else how amazing we are. Just, you know, just spread the word because it'll help other people find the podcast and it'll make everyone happy. So just uh, give us a review. Give us the thumbs up and yeah, the world will be a happier place. All right, let's get into it. Welcome back to the Expat Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Annie. And I'm your host, Steve. I can't believe we're on episode 15. Steve, we made it all that way. I know. Who would have thought it? I mean, we're, we're at number one five now. It's the big one five. Celebrationary round of applause. Very happy to make it here. Thanks, everyone who's been listening and uh, following along with us. We've had fun up until this point, and we're going to have a lot more. I guarantee you that. Absolutely. And thank you, everybody, for sending in all your uh, messages via Instagram. We really appreciate it. It just surprises that people are actually listening. And hopefully we are providing some sort of reassurance and um, and just some bit of love and comfort out there for anybody else who is on that expat journey. That's right. Yeah. we. I mean, Annie's been telling me about some of the messages that people have been writing in. I mean, it's, it's uh, there seems to be a lot of people out there who are struggling to find their place in the world and really struggling to find, you know, where they belong. I mean, everyone has this kind of feeling that they belong somewhere but where is that exactly and that is what we're going to be talking about all today in today's uh, podcast episode so you know the question is can we truly settle as expats it's a hard one some people say yes absolutely other people go it's really hard how do you manage between two different worlds and we're also going to talk about how to find your place in Australia as well you know Steve and I have been together for a very long time and we have been constantly talking about this question forever really haven't we about where enough do we belong in this world now last weekend we um just went back to an old town that we used to live in in australia and it brought up so many emotions and such a huge conversation between ourselves in terms of where are we meant to be so we thought it was only a right thing to do to really talk to you guys and let you know how we feel and also give you some tips as well as about you know how you can have a life as an expat and how you can actually enjoy it as well. So yesterday I actually put it on our Instagram, the Londoner in Sydney, if you're not following us already. And I asked our audience and I said, you know, is there anything you want us to bring up on today's episode? And 
we got a really good response, which we're going to talk about today. But also, I really want to start off this episode with a quote that someone sent us. And as soon as I read it this morning, I, I read it to you, Steve, didn't I? And you were like, wow. Yeah, I, I, feel, I feel exactly the same way. Okay, I'm going to read it out to you guys. And this is how it goes. The word routine is dismissed from your vocabulary to make sense for an ever-rising adrenaline thrill ride. New places, new habits, new challenges, new people. Starting anew should terrify you, but it's unusually addictive. And there's no turning back. Now you know what it means to give up comfort, what starting from scratch and marveling at the world every day feels like. And it being such a huge, endless world, how could you choose not to keep traveling and discovering it? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that just, I mean, everything about that just, yeah, it spoke to me. And I think it's just one of those things where, like, it's just the, the world is so amazing. I mean, how could you not want to continue discovering more of it? Because it's just, there's so much to learn and so much to see and understand and, mm-hmm. and figure out and figure out who you are and who people are and who the world is and what, what's going on on this crazy planet. There's just so many questions. Absolutely. And I think what I love about that quite more than anything is that it brings actually two different worlds together. It brings the world of an expat and it also brings the world of a traveler as well, which is what we both are essentially. So I really want to talk today to you about, you know, what it feels like to be an expat, but also from Steve's point of view as well. You know, it's not only about feeling like you can fit in into Australian life, but how you can feel like you can fit into everyday life, no matter where you are, from someone who has traveled a lot around the world. But on the topic of expats, you know, it, we must remind ourselves here that not all expats are in the same boat. And what I mean by that is, you know, you might have some expats out there like myself, for example, who specifically moved to Australia because I met Steve. Um, Other expats might be moving over because they're not particularly happy with their lives in their home countries. I mean, the circumstances could be an endless list, really, as to where we are. We're going to talk about our personal experience today. And obviously, we're going to give you a few tips as well about, you know, after being an expat for 11 years, this is just some of the things that I've learned about, you know, how to live in between different worlds as well. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, whilst Annie's covering the expat side, um, I think travel changes you fundamentally. Mm. And I, I think I've, I've done a, a fair bit of travel in my time and seen a whole bunch of places that have really had a huge impact on me and shaped my view of the world. And I think that ultimately, again, you know, it, it changes the way you feel about where you are now and where you want to be in the future. So, it's a really cool thing to dig down and explore and, and really pull out these things that are really kind of shaping our lives. I think they're, they're, they're really right for the picking. I just want to take it back to what it was like when I was growing up because, you know, I never even thought about travel at all. It didn't even cross my mind. And I grew up in a small area where, you know, the majority of my family still live in that same town as well where I grew up in. And you know what? I do sometimes feel very, very envious of that in a sense of that sort of I wish I hadn't have got into this sort of unknown life of being an expat. Sometimes it would have been better if I just didn't know what that was like. But hang on, you, you can't sort of say, well, look, you know, maybe, you know, th- there's kind of happiness in, you know, in in sort of, you know, not understanding things or, you know, is is that, is that how you feel, honestly? Do you, do you think? Well, sometimes I do, yeah, because I just feel like, gosh, wouldn't it just be great if I could have just like, you know, just 
society to live a sort of not a conformed lifestyle but just what society is telling us that you know after university I just ended up buying a house and settled down and did that whole thing and you know was very like I don't know just the way I feel like most people are but are most people do they feel like that I don't know I, I feel like society is making me feel like I'm not the same as everybody else I don't think the same as everybody else in terms of what I want my life to look like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think I, I, well, that's why where Annie and I click so well together is because we, we do both feel that same way. And I think, you know, society does place this kind of expectation and it kind of starts at an early age and it, you don't really sort of notice it's there. It's kind of just in the background and kind of all the movies we watch and kind of the, the stories we tell each other, you know, the people you meet as growing up and all that sort of thing. And it just, it didn't, you know, your, your group of friends that surround you are all, all doing something. So, well, that's mm-hmm. just normal, right? The stuff that I read about in the newspaper, that's just normal, right? And it's kind of this it just goes on and on that you just build this view of the world based on what you're seeing around you. And I think stepping back for a moment and questioning that and saying, yeah, I'm not sure that's the full story. I want to see what else, what other flavors there are in the ice cream shop, you know? So I think that's the the beauty of, of like really of travel really. And I think it does open the world up and you, you go to the ice cream shop and you realize there's a whole bunch of different flavors. <laughs> Everyone's doing everything differently. There's no kind of rigid square everyone needs to fit into. And I think then the, the conflict comes about though, when you try to perhaps go back and then you realize that the flavor you used to, I used to like it. Oh, I used to like the chocolate. It's all the same. <laughs> but I've tasted the strawberry now. <laughs> what am I going to do? I kind of like both, but I can't eat them at the same time because well, it messes on. everything up. And <laughs> it's totally an ice cream analogy. And that's where it all is. It's it's all down to the ice cream flavors. I just want to eat ice cream now. No, I just want to eat ice cream um, too. But, you know, on that topic as well, one thing I'm sure a lot of people probably relate to is the fact that, you know, when you become an expat, especially when you're younger and you're in your 20s, like I was, and you take yourself outside of that mold that you've been brought up in, and when you move, you're kind of starting all over again. While your friends are continuing on that journey of their careers, their relationships, before you know it, everybody around you is getting married or having kids. And yet, there's me on the other side of the world going, oh, I've kind of gone back in my career. This is just how it was for me. I had to go back in my career and kind of start all over again. And it took me a while to build that all up. And yet I'm thinking, oh, like everyone's moved on and they're doing everything that I probably should have been doing. And yet I've always kind of felt like I'm on catch up. Yeah, look, I I totally feel the same way. I mean, all my friends back home and uh, you know, back in back in Sydney, they they're all doing. They all moved on while I while I travelled, and I would come back and back to you know Sydney for a while, save up some money, do the same sort of job that I'd been doing before, and then I'd go away, and then I'd come back again. I'd do the same sort of job. There was no kind of progression because you never really had that opportunity. I never I never had that opportunity to be in a role for long enough to say you know start climbing the ladder. Oh I mean, yeah, things are different now, and that's great. But it, it's kind of at that time in my life, you know, through the twenties and thirties and. It, things were different and I think the world was different too though so that's a you know everything's within the frame of the world we're in at the time um but uh, look uh, you know that's we're all shaped by this and uh, I think that you know as you sort of progress through life you know your you, the values change as well and hence we are where we are today I guess 
Yeah, absolutely. And so for me, I had this weird sort of calling for Australia. As I've said before in previous episodes, maybe that was just due to growing up watching those sort of Australian soaps like Home and Away and Neighbours, Heartbreak High. Um, can't forget that one. Um, maybe it's just that sort of drilled into me and I thought, wow, that would be amazing to live there. And so I kind of always had this thing after university where I was like, I'm going to go to Australia and I'm going to travel a bit of the world. And after that first year, I mean, we're talking about that back to like 2006 here, um, that when I did return to London, things just weren't the same for me anymore. And so, you know, I went into that sort of life of getting a career and doing the nine to five. And it was like, oh, I've just had this like amazing experience for a year and travel around the world. And now I'm doing a nine to five job. And it's just what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. And where are those cool people that I met and you're sharing travel experiences with? Whereas now I'm sort of talking with coworkers where we're just talking about work stuff that kind of isn't on that same level at all. And like, I found that really hard to sort of understand really and be okay with. That's one of the things I had the most difficulty with is like, you know, sort of reconciling those two worlds of, of mm. kind of making some of the most deepest sort of friendships that you would ever have in, in the space of two weeks that, that you never really had like back home to that sort of degree. And it, it's kind of hanging on the back of a chicken bus and some random event happens that changes your life. And, you know, just meeting all these really amazing people and experiencing different things and different ideas and, and all these new things happening in your life. And then all of a sudden you go back to, to where you are back home and it's just like this monotony and it's just this repetition and everything. Mm. I, I, I could just never really find my way into that. And, I sort of always was thinking all in the back of my mind thinking, I want to be back on the chicken bus, you know, hanging out, you know, exploring new places and, and seeing new things. And it just didn't really like click in my mind that, oh, you know, I should just, you know, follow what everyone else is doing and just, you know, go and, uh, you know, I don't know, just do the, the whole Joneses thing. It just wasn't my deal. So. And so do you want to take it back a little bit, Steve, in terms of, do you want to like tell everybody, you know, why did your sort of travel adventures start? Like what made you want to do it? Yeah, I think really like deep down inside, again, going back to that thing is I always felt this kind of real thirst for and to really find out what was going on. Like I didn't, nothing kind of made sense to me. It's like, why is the world this this way? I, I kept on thinking, why aren't people better to each other? Like that was the main question I had in mind and I just couldn't figure it out. I was like, is it all about, you know, something I don't know about? Is it, you know, is it money or is it, or is it something else? Or is it just people just built a weird way? Like why is the world fundamentally this way like what made it this way and I think that's what really made me want to start traveling to different countries and then understanding different ways of doing things and then I think once you gain that perspective then it gives you this kind of insight into the way things are operating in your own country that you know perhaps isn't so visible when you're in it's a bit like a fish swimming in water you know it's like you don't really see what you're swimming in until you're kind of out of the fishbowl I guess so Maybe it's a bit like that. But anyway, so that was how it all started. And then I did a couple of really long like round-the-world trips or over this period of time and I was backwards and forwards and and traveling around and, you know, all all over South America and Africa and Asia, Africa with Annie, and, and Asia and, and South America and Europe. And I lived in Holland for a little bit, lived in the UK for a little bit as well. So I had that kind of connection as well. That's kind of rang with Annie and I. We kind of knew that you know, the, 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 the cool things to do in London we could talk about and things like that. So that, that kind of helped when I was <laughs> doing the, you know, the tuning 
so to speak. The tuning. The tuning. You know, it was a new tune. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah. Any, anyway, so I think that was the, the whole reason is I just had this kind of real desire. I think I was kind of just, I wasn't happy with this mundane routine. I me and routine just were not two things that ever should, you know, be in the same place. So mm. I, I always need to have something that's kind of, just captivating me somewhere in some way to keep moving without going completely mad. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense, maybe someone else feels the same way. And I think, you know, with the experiences that we have experienced in a sense around the world, for both of us, I feel like we definitely feel the most at home when we do travel. And maybe that's just because we're way more open to meeting people you know, we feel like we're the best versions of ourselves. We're so excited to see new places. And that's why, you know, we started London and Sydney, the travel site, was to share all these amazing places to visit around Australia. Because, you know, if you do um, pay attention to our Instagram, the London and Sydney, you'll see most weekends, we are always out exploring new places. And we're like, we've got to go and see somewhere new because that excitement and thrill and adventure is just so, is, is so addictive. Like it said in that quote, since COVID, it feels like there's probably quite a lot of people in the same boat as us right now in terms of when you start to work remotely at the beginning, it was amazing. So it was like, wow, I've got so much more time on my hands now. I don't have to commute every day or deal with that. Um, but as time goes on, when you're working in your house all day, every day, like we are, um, we are literally the only people we see and our dog and our neighbours and maybe the people we see on our dog walks. Um, but apart from that, we don't really see other people unless we're on Zoom calls with work. Um, and after a time, that just become quite a lot to handle. And I feel like maybe there's quite a lot of people, and I will put my hand up and say this, that you do become almost a little bit agoraphobic in a sense of being out around new people Um and that's sort of what's happened to us in Sunshine Coast. Now, I have joined various fitness groups around, but I just never found my people. And there, there's like a group I go to on a weekend that's really, really beautiful. And I love that. It's one of my favorite things to do here. But in terms of making those really close connections, actually really hard. I think things feel different to what they were in the past. And I mean, not only pre-COVID, but I think like as we were even when we were younger and we were traveling, friendships just happen they just kind of just you know there's something mm. you to think about it just kind of just appeared and i think that's something as you get older is less of a thing like it doesn't just appear people go off they have kids and they, you know they go and do their thing or they're focused on their work or you know there's all these different things that kind of take people in different directions other than kind of i think i think we're younger you know what you know what brings people together more than anything parties Parties bring people together and people just don't do enough uh, of them anymore. Well, no just, it's just not a thing anymore, is it? People just don't want to get drunk. People don't or? party like they used to. I think I that's think a sad we thing. don't party like we used to. We don't party like, definitely don't party like we used to. <laughs> if we did, I, I don't know if I'd still be here to be honest. I think we're a bit too old now, aren't we, <laughs> trying to do it. But, um, but yeah, and, and we get asked this question a lot. How do, you, how do you make friends in 30s? I mean, it doesn't really matter how old you are, really. I think it, in general, is pretty hard these days to make friends. Obviously, the more um, active you are, the more sociable you are, it's going to be easier. Um, the episode we did with Emma, which we'll link below um, in this in the notes, um, Emma, who was traveling around a van with her family and now was in, in Margaret River, she had a great point to say. Um, her um, reality was to go and volunteer. And she said, by volunteering, that was a really good way for her to make friends. Now, I would love to do that, but unfortunately, my work-life balance is not exactly where it should be. <laughs> and so I seem to find work takes over a lot of my life right now, <laughs> which I really do need to 
um, get a hold of and make more priorities to spend time with people. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I guess that you have to like make that, you know, the meeting people a priority in your life. Otherwise it, it kind of just doesn't really happen. And you have to almost like schedule in like time to go and be social, um, working from home, especially. And I think, um, you know, no matter where you are, it's just a super duper important thing for your mental health too. You know, Steve and I do have a bit of a, <laughs> A bit of a reality of moving on after like probably two years, the, don't we? Well, it's the 18 months each, I think, isn't it? Yeah, kind of 18 months <laughs> is, seems to be at the moment, isn't it? But um, yeah, so it seems to be like, why are we still here? And on paper, Sunshine Coast is amazing. And I think it is one of the best, if not the best place to live in Australia. It's just about sort of connecting with people. And I think probably one of our downfalls here is not fitting in to a specific group in terms of, you know, Sunny Coast is very much full of your 18 to 21 year olds who are still living with mum and dad. You've got your families and you've got your oldies. That's pretty much it. Like, you're not really going to see that many other types of people here. So we're like, where do we fit in with our little dog? <laughs> is there like a couples with dog group? Like, I yeah. don't know. But I mean, it ticks all the other boxes. I mean, you've got amazing beaches, friendly people, you know, lots to do around the countryside. Everything's here at your fingertips. I mean, it, it does tick, literally tick every box. So, and, and look, everyone's great. Like, don't be wrong. It's an awesome place to live. And I think though, like wherever you live, finding your people is super like important, like especially for us, mm. wherever we go, it's like whereabouts are our people. Mm. And I think it's getting harder and harder to define our people. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if everyone else has this problem, but for me, like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm a mixture of like 20 different groups and I don't know if I'd ever find a group that I'd feel like, oh, hey, this is my group. I kind of feel like I'm in the outer on, on all the groups and kind of like you're that weird guy. <laughs> You know, and so that's just going to be me. You're not like, weird. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. I'm totally fine You've with that. You've got a funny personality. He is pretty funny though. This is, oh, that's that weird, weird kind of odd, odd guy. You've been know, making me laugh all these years, Steve. Well, so if I, at least I do something right. You're doing something right. Um, but i put the dishes away and then I'll be in the good books. Oh my God. What is it with men? Why can't, <laughs> I, honestly, I'm just going to say this. Why can't men, i.e. Steve, I'm actually, I'll take that back. Why can't Steve? load the dishwasher i don't get it don't not get it anyways um we're digressing here but you know that's you a really started, it's a really good point about where to live in australia because trying to find your place your people someone sent us a message and they said a really good point here uh parents are aging back home do they move back currently living in sydney now everybody knows in sydney it's very very hard to buy a place especially if you're living in somewhere like the eastern suburbs that's going to be crazy crazy expensive so then they're at a point now they go well i want to be i want to get buy my own house i've got my children and everything am i really gonna have to rent forever living in sydney or am i gonna have to move out of the city not be around my circle of friends anymore i'm gonna move the kids out of the school do I move back home? We're going to have to start all over again. There's lots and lots of big decisions you need to make when deciding where to move, especially if you are planning on staying long uh, long term as well. There's just so many questions that go that really go on in it. You know, when we feel most at home when we're traveling, you've got to add that expat life on top of that. And so that sort of guilt of being away from your friends and family, but also friends and family making you feel like you need to conform to society as well and settle down and stay in one place can be really difficult to sort of juggle and to be okay with as well. Um, and I do wonder, you know, if you move away from home, do you still feel like you belong 
back home again because I remember when we moved back that was a bit of an eye-opening experience for me because I had always imagined just going back to the UK and when we went back I didn't really feel like I belonged there anymore and I felt like I'd moved on and I was just like oh you've changed the place has changed and time has moved on so it's like Everything in that whole equation that you used to know of that was like kind of mm. you running on, you know, some sort of, you know, path and everything is now completely changed. So I think when you try to rerun that same path, it's just never going to work. And, uh, you, you know, I think you've got a different set of expectations and different eyes. When you come back, you notice things you didn't notice before, like mm. things that were like not a problem. And, geez, I, I never noticed that like, you know, how, how like crazy irritating the garbage bins in England are because they have this big massive like <laughs> – garbage bins in the middle of the road like in why you guys do that it's put at the back you know and and so I, look i get it because the garbage trucks come along <laughs> and they collect and everything right it's just done differently it drives me nuts because everyone comes in and throws all the rubbish out trying to you know see if there's any like valuable in there that might be a little treasure so you know it's like <laughs> that drives me a bit nuts but other things like that you think well that's just normal you know you don't even sort of see it and i think when you're living somewhere you're kind of blind to those things and then when you go away and you come back you're like oh wow i see that with new eyes and i think that's where the refreshing part of it comes about so your, analog your analogies today steve are just so on point aren't they oh, yeah, garbage no, bins and ice creams cream. oh yeah it's a world of garbage bins and ice creams that that's what it is remember that, remember that? i'm thinking more along the lines of living in australia and you know becoming a sort of a, a different version of yourself and then going back and then realizing oh that version of myself might not fit into that world that I was once living in and just feel like you have like two lives when you do become an expat as well um and one follower did say to us um that you know they can't stop thinking of the UK as their home and Australia being somewhere that they are simply just living in for right now that sort of makes me question at what point do we stop calling ourselves expats? Is it when you get your citizenship? Is it when you feel like you're settled? I mean, it's kind of an interesting topic. Very good point. When is that point that you're no longer an expat? You're just a, a member of that, you know, society or you yeah, know, that country. That country. You know, you're, you're, you're a citizen now, yeah. no longer an expat. So yeah, so where is that point? Uh, it has to be citizenship surely, but but then, you know, but then again, you're not really born here. So I guess you're never really like kind of you're always you're always on the outer wherever you go. It's kind of speaking of everybody, next week, someone in, who's talking in this conversation today has got the citizenship ceremony. Little round of applause for our Annabelle. She is actually going to become a Rigidig Australian. Speaking of citizenships. Speaking of 11 years in the waiting, I will finally become an Aussie citizen. Now, will I still call myself an expat? That's a good question, will you? Question. You know what? It'd be hard to do the expat reality podcast as a. I think I always will. I, th I think I'll always be British, really. Like, <laughs> yeah. I like that's that's why we can change the name. I've just it? got another passport. Hey, citizen <laughs> expat podcast. Does that go? No, <laughs> Not really. It doesn't really go. Um, but hey, you know, we asked our um, followers yesterday a question um, about you know, are you happier as an expat? And it's not a question I've ever asked anybody before, but. I was really thinking about, you know, this episode today and I thought, well, you know, as I was saying before, do I, if I knew what was going to happen, how, how my life was going to turn out, would I have actually really wanted to go down that expat rabbit hole? Would I really want to put myself through this sort of grief in a sense that you've, ha like that I personally feel like I hold on to for a lot longer than I probably should do in terms of, you know, being away and really not knowing where I meant to, Along, 
But at the same time, if I did that, if I didn't go, I wouldn't have met you, Steve. Yeah, I mean, there is that whole question of, you know, you have friends and family, especially older people, older relatives. Mm. That's a huge bit. I totally get the whole guilt thing there. And, you know, even being at a distance from where my family are, I feel guilty being, you know, just halfway up the country. But imagine being in a completely different country. You're going to have that kind of feeling of, well, I should be looking after them. I should be taking care of them. I should be seeing them more. Am I valuing their relationship like I should be? There's this kind of expectation thing that's implicitly, you know, uh, well, that's implicit there. So it's kind of, you know, it's tricky to reconcile. But I think, I think really, if you're, you know, worried about that, that your parents or your relatives are probably would just want the best for you, right? Mm. So I, I always kind of err on that side for myself. I mean, <laughs> think whatever you like, I, I guess. But, uh, you know, as long as you're making contact and seeing them at least sometimes, well then, you know, I think it, think they'd be happy that you're happy, right? Yeah, and it turned out 80% of our followers said that they are happy as being an expat, but 20% said no. And I don't really know what I was expecting to see, to be honest, but I'm kind of surprised 20% said no. Uh, yeah, well, you know, there's always there's always going to be a few grumpies in the pack. I mean, not everyone's going to happy, be happy chaps. And, you know, things, something, some things don't work out as well as you thought. And, you know, there is that kind of thing. I, I totally get it. I had a bit of a kind of a not so good time. I went to Holland, actually. I was trying to do the whole expat thing there. I've got a little doggy down here that just really wants to play, but that's okay. I'll continue oh, on. I, I actually lived in Holland for uh, for almost a year. Um, I worked at a backpackers there and as you can imagine what would happen in a, a Dutch backpackers, everything you can imagine is true. Um, it was pretty crazy times. It was fun times. I just, all I did was kind of hang around and make beds and then, you know, the rest of the time I was just off partying and all the rest of it. So look, it was good times, but I think it, I, I kind of really wanted to kind of make the best of Dutch life. I kind of, I was applying for jobs and everything and I wanted to work at this, uh, like this big, um, convention center. I was an audio visual guy back then, you know, I was right into that sort of scene. So I thought, oh, cool! I'll, you know, I'll, uh, I'll try and uh, try and get some work there. And literally, time ticked on, and and they wouldn't wouldn't have me. And they, you know, no, I wanted to take my take me on. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I thought, oh, I'll just take one last one last crack at this convention center. And lo and behold, they said, yeah, actually, we've just had a guy leave. Would you like to come in and we'll interview you? I was like, oh, brilliant! This is perfect. And you know, because I mean, being an English speaker in Holland is is tricky to get a job. Full stop. Um, so anyway, so I went in there, I was like all happy and the interviews going really well. We're talking about all these things and, and eventually they go, Oh, so, uh, how long is left on your visa? And I'm like, uh, well kind of been here like eight months now and I'm like, Oh, that's just no good. And so the whole thing just fell apart and it, it didn't work out. So there is these things that just, sometimes things just don't work out and that's okay. That's life. I think you should have just lied. <laughs> <laughs> if you lied, you would have been fine. Well, probably so. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> like no one would have really checked and I could have just like, you know, warned off, you know, somewhere else. But at, at some point in time, you know, who knows? You're thinking someone's going to check that passport at some point and if they do and they find out that I'm there illegally, who knows what's going to happen. But mm. And so, you know, it sort of brings you onto this topic of, how do you decide where to live in Australia as well? Like, you know, most people think, oh, I'll just head to Sydney or Melbourne or maybe Perth or Adelaide or Brisbane like, or Darwin maybe if, you, if you're up for that or regionally as well. And we've been lucky enough to live both regionally and in uh, Sydney as well. So we're going to dive into what that actually looks like. Um, but, you know, I remember when I first came to Sydney and – 
It was a bit of a culture shock because, you know, I was used to living in London. A lot of friends lived in Shoreditch, you know. I worked in um, radio. And then <laughs> all I saw in Sydney were a lot of the sort of way, the cool way that, well, the cool people in Sydney were like dressed like they were from The Only Way is Essex. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is cool. And I was just like, oh, okay. That's really random. There are a large number of people that, that can, you know, conduct themselves like they're in a permanent job interview. I'm oh, just putting it out there in Sydney. <laughs> like, I feel like sometimes, sometimes people can loosen up a bit, you sometimes know? Sometimes I do. Yeah. But, you know, Sydney's a big city. So, it's always going to be hard to sort of crack um, a lot of people there in terms of really making those friendships with Australians as well. So, um, but I think if you're coming over here, you've got to really think about what is it that you're actually looking for? Um, you know, is it to replicate the life you had previously, live in another city, or is it to actually live a real proper Australian lifestyle? I remember uh, when I did work in radio in Sydney and one of the guys from London, he used to be like a celebrity reporter and he uh, he's working on the same radio station as me and he wasn't really into Sydney. He was like, I haven't moved here to live in another city. I've moved here to live a proper Australian lifestyle. And he ended up getting transferred up to the Gold Coast. Now, this is back before Gold Coast really did explode. This is going back at least 10 years ago. And I remember going up there with you, Steve, and we met him and I was like oh my God, what are you doing here? There's like nothing here. It's like a random sort of Vegas style like thing. It was like it was, I thought it was really random at the time. Well, I mean, you know, there's a lot, well, I think there's a lot going on in the Gold Coast. <laughs> no, there is it, now. It's changed like, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, now there is, yeah, definitely. But I just thought it was kind of interesting that he said back then, he was like, I've, I want to literally live next to the beach, not but not have to pay like a fortune to do that. I mean, this is going back at least 10 years ago, by the way. Um, and that was his choice. That, that's what he wanted was to have a, a proper experience of living in Australia. Um, so, you know, it's quite interesting to think about what it is that you really want and why you are moving here. So properly question that because there are a lot of places to move to. There's not just the five main cities. Well, you know, I think I think it's probably good just to sort of chat a bit more about us living regionally as well because I've learned quite a lot from the regional experience and also the pros and cons between living regional and in a city because there are quite a lot in a way. Um, so back in 2019, we actually went and did um, pet sitting up the coast for six months. Now, there is a site that we did use. It's called Aussie House Sitters. Um, we still use them now, actually, for our own dog when we go away for a longer period of time. Um, so it's good that we did it. We've done it both ways. So we've looked after pets, but now we get people to look after our dog as well. Um, that's a really good site to use if you actually want to live rent free. So we used Aussie House Sitters to do our pet sitting with. Um, and we were really fortunate because we went up and down the coast for six months and we said like three pet sits uh, all rent free we didn't have to pay any bills nothing it was like living in someone else's house and looking after a dog uh which is a really great experience but we learned a lot very quickly about regional living now at the end of our pet sitting sort of stint that's when we ended up in agnes water in queensland um, which is five hours north of noosa which is where we actually just went last weekend so we ended up living there for nearly two years and it was um, on paper and actually visually our most ideal place in the world. Like we all sort of had this vision of us living in a really beautiful place next to the beach, really remote, away from everything. And that's what we got. We got that for two years. Now, lots of people did ask us on, on my Instagram um, in the last few days. So like, 
why did you move away from there? Why did you move to Sunshine Coast for? Um, why did you not stay there? Because it looks really beautiful. And it really is. It is honestly the most beautiful beach town I've seen in Australia by a mile. Like it's beautiful. The houses are all brand new. Um, they're really cheap to live in. And well, I wouldn't say they're cheap to live in, but they're, they're, they're cheaper than what you'd find in sort of most sort of capital cities anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And so... You know, we got to a point there when it was, we got to a point there when we'd actually done everything we could around the area. So we went, we, took, we scoped out all the islands nearby because at the bottom of a southern Great Barrier Reef, which is really spectacular. We did all the hikes, everything we could do in the area we did. Um, and it got to a point where we were like, well, if we want to, if we want to do any more travel and write more for our site, we're going to have to travel at least like four hours really back to Sunshine Coast to cover any more sort of content really and for us it was like we don't want to spend every weekend going all right what are we can do this weekend go to the beach or go to the beach <laughs> it was like yeah so one thing to know about regional living is firstly everybody is so friendly like so so nice when we went back to Agnes Water everyone was like hi hi and we're like oh do I know you and then we remembered that's just how everybody is aren't they yeah, I mean, everyone is, you know, very friendly, but there's also a lot of gossip going on. So everyone's like gossiping about, you know, what Mrs. Jones is doing and someone's gossiping about what, you know, some other bloke's doing. And it all kind of ends up being this big gossip farm and whispers. There's lots of whispers. Well, I think that's the thing in regional towns. Also, we've got to sort of bear in mind COVID as well because we got there before COVID and it was a very different place. And then after COVID, we start to see how, like, different groups started to get formed you know you had the the vaxxers versus the anti-vaxxers and you had the old locals versus the new locals and you start to see a lot of um people in the cities moving in and then all the locals are like hating it and then you've got to start to see a lot of the original locals are all being kicked out of their houses as well. So the whole, all of these sort of regional towns are all starting to change quite rapidly, aren't they? Mm, they are, and that's and that's a big thing. You know, things are changing rapidly. The you know the demographics are changing. They're growing, all that sort of stuff. Regional Australia is definitely picking up. Um, that said, it you know living in Agnes Water, there's a lot of things that we, that we didn't have that there that we do here i mean things like just going to the cinema you think oh well that's not so important right but when you're there you think oh i just love the air-conditioned cinema and sit there and watch a movie in the dark and you know stuff like that you begin to miss and then you know other things like not having to drive an hour and a half to go to some major shops is pretty important and definitely rates highly on your scale once you've lived regionally or sort of a bit more remotely, that that then, you know, you kind of realise how much you mm. you kind of do miss those things, even though it doesn't seem like a big deal when you're in a city or you are close to those. Um, and I think just choice, like you end up just choosing, well, whatever's available because you just, you've only got like three fish and chip shops to choose from. So yeah. I guess it's fish and chips tonight, right? That's the thing. It's all these, <laughs> it's all these like little things that you don't realise that you really miss. And what I've heard is a lot of people don't last that long in regional towns because they do miss the city life and they miss the buzz of the city and the access to, you know, not just the shops and being able to go to Woolworths or just basic things. It's like entertainment, gigs, you know, all these things that really make up your sort of social life and who you are. You suddenly don't have that because living in those sort of regional towns, a lot of it gets stripped right back as well. Um, it's also, I think, really um, worth noting as well that, after living in Queensland now for the last few years, 
I have heard, especially from the moving company that we use when we moved down Sunshine Coast, because I quizzed them massively, and they said um, a lot of people who move to Queensland end up moving back to New South Wales or Victoria because of the heat, and they don't like the heat. It was pretty hot in Agnes Water, definitely hot. I mean, that's the other thing. You live regionally, especially if you live inland, mm. like it, you know, you have to really consider the temperatures, uh, especially with things heating up, like as they are. We were told by people who who were climate people that we stayed with oh, some oh, it was in Tamb- Mount Tambourine. Mount Tambourine, was- yeah. They were like they were working at a university studying climate climatology and they said, look, definitely stay where there are trees because that is a big deal. They will be more of a big deal as time goes on. So definitely something to consider. Um but uh, uh, yeah look I, I think there are so many pros like and cons to consider. I mean on one hand you've got, you know, in a regional town you've got you know more of a, a close knit community. Everyone looks after each other. They help each other, and you know everybody. And you know everybody. You know it's like that feeling of familiarity is really nice. Just to walk down the street and say, "Hey, how are you going?" Or, yeah. you know, and just just feel like you're. It's not. It's and not everything's impersonal. Like it would in, would be in a city, and you just you feel more connected to everything, and that's really really nice. So, definitely two different sides of, of you know of the coin there for. For it, this I, I find it really difficult to, to make the choice. But I think they're both really great. So yeah, you know what? In 2019, when we first discovered Bellingen uh, near Coffs Harbour, um, I always talk about it. it's one of my it's probably one of my favourite towns. I think in Australia, it's really beautiful. Um, literally just 15 minutes away from the main highway, but it feels like a whole world away. Now, when you do go there, it's literally like one street, and you're like, "What is this? It like <laughs> what's the big deal about this town?" But that was the first time when we went to the pub and we ended up like hanging out with loads of locals like like a, we would do really in England doesn't it you go to the pub and you end up hanging out with loads of people and I was like wow this is amazing like how cool is this you can make friends so fast here and we were totally drawn to it and we loved it didn't we but since we have lived regionally I don't know if I could live there now yeah it's it is tough I mean that, that's the thing in you know, if there are a lot of things you you forego, and you know, but it's it is tough. It's a tough choice. I think you have to think about what is actually around that town as well. Like with Bellingen, all you've got is really is Coffs Harbour. Now, Coffs Harbour, apart from Big Banana, <laughs> Big Banana, actually. what is there? Big Banana. Uh, there are some actually. A couple, well, there's other big stuff nearby. Kind of it? a few good beaches and Coffs. That's about as much as I can tell you about Coffs. It isn't that you know amazing as what other speak places for yourself do. there are some nice beaches there and it's yeah but is pleasant. it the is it your main major place you want to be near to well like you really know, i mean that's why we chose here because it all oh, logically it's close to the city and stuff and so that i mean being down at like melbourne you probably think like yarra valley is probably going to be like you know ace and then you need the city and that sort of thing and you know it's not too far to go so there you know maybe uh, i don't know, don't know the equivalent in adelaide but i'm sure you know adelaide hills is i don't know how far the adelaide hills from i, that. I don't know i've only been adelaide. to adelaide once yeah we? we need to kind of drop yeah we went there for new year's i was very unwell <laughs> because i left the esky open and it kind of like the water, no, no, I left, I left, I left some food open, and the water from the esky got into the food, oh. and made the food go all funny, and it was oh, just I was a so quick Ill. one on that. We did a road trip from Sydney to Adelaide. We got to Adelaide. Well, bear in mind, this is when we lived in Kirribilli, opposite the Sydney Harbour Bridge. We drove all the way to Adelaide yes. for no, we drove yes, Miss Money Penny. <laughs> <laughs> we drove all the way to Adelaide for New Year's Eve. We turned up to our. It felt like a very spooky Airbnb. We turned up to it. Steve was so ill, he like couldn't move. And I had to sit there with a bottle of wine watching 
the New Year's Eve fireworks <laughs> in Sydney in this place in Adelaide. And I was ill as, and I was sure the place <laughs> was spooked out. I was like, there's, there's spooky was, things in here. I just do not like it. I, I'm not going to sleep a wink. <laughs> it just didn't feel right. Anyway, so um, that was not a good New Year's. I, I'm going to get shivers thinking Ooh. that. but yeah so you know that's why we ended up moving to sunshine coast because great thing about southeast um, queensland is that you've got access to so many things all in one sort of space so for us you know we're an hour and a half from brisbane two hours from gold coast three hours from byron bay we're 40 minutes from noosa in just that area itself there's so much to do it's pretty incredible and it's a an amazing spot to live as well yeah look i think all this region's amazing like you know gold coast you know all byron bay up to sunny coast is amazing and um and so i think you know wherever you're choosing to go um yeah i mean it obviously work comes into this i mean we're quite lucky because we can you know have the uh, we actually walk because we work remotely we have the ability to kind of choose live anywhere Totally feel for this pe- for people out there who don't have that choice because mm. not everyone has that choice. So I think, you know, really uh, have a good think about where you want to be. I mean, uh, skills are transferable outside big cities. So have a really good think about, you know, where you're, the all particular skills uh, could be utilized outside of a big city. You might have even thought of like, if I go out to Bathurst, you know, maybe they need, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, a refrigeration like engineer or something. Mm. I can't even think of something. I don't know. But like there could be a hundred different skills that they need out there that you don't really instantly think that that's useful. So, um, yeah, I think food for thought, food for thought. And it's an interesting one because one of our followers sent us a message yesterday and they said that they're in a situation where, you know, they're living in Sydney. They've been living there for a long time. They've already got the circle of friends. They've got the kids there, but their family are back home in Ireland. You know, they're at a stage where they're like, what do they do? Because buying a house in like eastern suburbs is pretty much near to impossible unless you're earning a lot of money. Um, so that in itself is like, do they have to move out of the city to then start all over again and with the kids out of the school? Or do they move back home? Like there's so many questions that come with it. So I think when you are thinking about where to live, it's like you have to sort of really consider everything around you as well in terms of maybe a bit more for the long term as well. Um, like Steve said, we're super lucky that we that we work remotely, but at the same time, it's kind of crippling as well because that power of choice is like, well, what do we do? Do we stay here? Do we go? Like, where do we go from there? And we have looked at a lot of towns up and down the East Coast. I think I might just share a couple of them with you that we were thinking of moving to, just because it's kind of fun in yeah. a way. Um, so first of all, Southern, uh, first of all, Southern Highlands um, to South of Sydney. I love that area because it really reminds me of England. It's got, I don't know why, it's just got this real English feel to it. And I really love it down there. There's a lot to do. Um, one thing I did do though, uh, when I was looking at all these places is I joined all the Facebook community groups. <laughs> Which might be a bad thing because you end up seeing like it, what I think it's a good thing to do like. because then you ask everybody and you go, well, what's, and I asked everybody and I said, well, what do you love and what do you hate about here? And obviously this is during that sort of COVID time and everyone's saying, well, we're getting kicked out of our, ta- out of our town because all the city people are coming in and you're like, oh, I don't want to be one of those people that you're automatically going to judge and hate. <laughs> I think, but just bear in mind, filter out the squeaky wheels because you know there's obviously keyboard warriors out there on those facebook groups you just love to be noisy (laughs) there's some noisy peeves filter them out and i think you'll you know you'll see that the the kind of what's going on but yeah i I think every town's got one of those keyboard warriors oh yeah i mean agnes god they were awful and i'd always say like 
who are these people? Who are these people? Because everyone's so nice. And they were like, they were like, if you had, if you even like spelt the name of that town wrong, because a lot of people, a lot of people call it Agnes Waters. I don't know why, but it's, that's not what it is. Everyone go bananas. And it's like, well, okay. Um, so that's what I did was I looked at loads of Facebook groups and asked them these questions. Other places we have considered, I really love Mount Wilson up in Blue Mountains. Love it there. But when we actually had a look at a place um, to get married, and there was a girl who was like looking after this beautiful house. She did say, she went, everybody thinks I live in paradise here, but it's actually really boring because I am like a 40 minute drive to the shops. And I was like, oh, and that really reminded me of some friends that we met when we were traveling around the Maldives. It just a sidetrack and side note here. If you didn't know, you can backpack around the Maldives, which is what we did a few years ago. Um, we did um, some scuba diving there with a couple and as an English girl who's married to a Maldivian guy. And we were like, wow, you live in the most beautiful place in the whole world. And she went, I live in an island. And if I get off this island, I'm going to another island or to another island in this country. There's no escaping it. <laughs> and we were like, oh, You're never looked at it like that. Perpetually stuck in island. Makes, on island uh, makes you look at it. Makes you look at that sort of lifestyle very differently when you're like, oh yeah, actually, this is what I really want. So can I can I have a crack at mine? <laughs> my my top top picks then. Yeah, I didn't finish, but go ahead. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to throw one out there and I'm not like, this is a totally not a regional thing. I'm going to say Melbourne. Like, uh, yeah. Great point, Steve. You know why? Why is that? Because when you go from regional back to the city, you have, there's so many things you have to think about because we have considered Melbourne a lot. And it's like, when we went down there recently, we we're kind of like, hmm, do I really want, do I want to go back into an apartment after living in the house? Do I want to do that? And you have to really weigh those things up. Yeah, well, that's totally. I mean, living in the city, uh, yeah, you're going to be paying big rents to to live in anything that's kind of big, so mm. matches the size of the house, right? But you know, that said, I think Melbourne has a nice mix of cool people, cool things to do, lots happening, all that sort of stuff that is you know super exciting, and you know, culture. Uh, you're, you've got loads to do in the area. You've got Mornington Peninsula, which is another thought as well. Mm. Mornington Peninsula is amazing, so. I would even think down there might be might be cool because then you're not too far from the city as well. So there's another thought. Uh, yeah, and if you want to go the other side of Melbourne, you could go down towards uh, there's a Bell's Beach around there, but that's mm. kind of a bit more of a drive if, you, if you're going to do something mm. regionally. That sort of Bell's Beachy area is super nice. Um, but yeah, I think I think Melbourne's pretty cool. Um, and I my second pick uh, would probably be Bellingen. Oh as, yeah, as, a, as, a as a number about. two, we did talk mm, about Belgium. Super cool, tiny little town. There's nothing. There's not a lot there, but it's just super nice. And there's something that Annie and I feel a big affinity for. Uh, we really love it there. I it's think. Super cool. I think if we ever get to the point where we are content with living in a place where we don't feel like we need to go off and go on adventures, that would be the perfect place. Number three is Atherton Tablelands. Oh yes, I love that one. Uh, it's next to Cairns, or not far from Cairns. You know, mm. an hour and a half drive or so, which kind of fits that city thing where you know you're kind of like, oh cool, not too far from the city, so it's big enough to have its own infrastructure. But you know, uh, it's it's still rolling hills and it's little sort of um, country towns and that sort of thing. That it's just super nice, and you've got some amazing things up there, like these big crater lakes and walks oh, yeah. to go on and waterfalls. It's really beautiful. Interesting things to see, and yeah, it's really nice. Great great food great people um that's super cool and i think you've got access to all that sort of northern queensland tropical thing going on if i wasn't to do that i'm not like we weren't around this area i'd you know 
yeah, I, I maybe if you can consider somewhere like a bit further, you know, sort of south. Um, but we haven't really talked about like Adelaide and Western Australia. How do you how do you feel about those, Annie? How do you well, feel about those you know what? Um, I've only been to Perth once with you, and that was quite a while ago. But I did travel through WA when I was a backpacker, but that's going back like nearly twenty years ago. Um, I, you know, when I think of Perth, I think, oh my god, it's the most isolated city in the world. That's that's kind of a bit much for me, maybe, um, just to even consider that. Um, but but you know, WA does have are really the best beaches in Australia that I've ever seen. They are unbelievable, like beautiful. Yeah, I think Margaret River, that sort of area, is the place to go if you're into pristine sort of uh, environments and that sort of thing. Sort of farm meets sea type thing that's wineries <laughs> wineries that sort of vibe that sounds pretty good to me i like that idea it is nice margaret river even though i did actually work on the wineries there which wasn't a very nice experience but the town itself is pretty nice um is there anywhere else you would consider steve i mean obviously agnes water very very beautiful town it's just if you're happy to get literally stripped back all those sort of you know, luxury. I mean, they're not even luxuries, are they? Just necessities, really. <laughs> then you're then you're gonna love it. Yeah. Well, I think you know another choice is here where we are right now. So Thank it's you. it's not too bad. So you know there are there are a lot of a lot of choices out there. I think more more than anything, like just find your peeps, find where they are. Yeah. Like go and go and just. You know, go and travel around and have a look anyway before you make your big decision. I mean, you know, and I think just as I say, think outside the box with your with whatever your profession is, and you know, you don't necessarily have to maintain the same thing. Just find some transferable skills and remarket yourself, repackage yourself to something else because there's always something you can you can find that's that's useful uh, in in a new area. So we're going to give you some tips for how you know how to feel settled as an expat and this is just some of the stuff we've learned as well um you know think about what it is that's making you feel unsettled at the moment because lots of us are feeling unsettled all the time i mean i do feel like australia is my home but it it's always going to take me a long time to really feel like is this where i actually really belong is this where we belong who knows? Who knows what the future really holds? Um, think about if you have got any friends. Is there a job that you really love? Do you feel connected to the area you live in? I mean, is it actually making you happy? You know, like we said, we love living in Sunshine Coast. <laughs> we haven't really made any friends yet because we haven't actually even made an attempt to. But I know that we, I know that they are here for waiting for us, aren't they? Yeah, and uh, but you know, on on the flip side, I'll add a counter to that: is that you know, a, a wise. Uh, podcast uh person who was on our uh on our podcast another podcaster <laughs> had a really wise quote that wherever you go there you are and i think that's an, i think i mentioned that earlier but i, I really I, it stuck with me it's oh. bouncing around a bit of an earworm is that emma it was Break generation from broke generation that's correct and uh her her you know a really good piece of advice was that you know maybe the changes in you so mm. also worth looking at yourself to sort of understand your own kind of bits and pieces that, you know, maybe you're searching for something outside that's really within. But if, you know, if, if that's not the case and you're just like, you're like Annie and I where you're just, you know, that's just who you are, well, then that's totally fine too. You know, it's totally fine to not feel like you're, you know, you know, supposed to belong here. That's my place. Well, everyone's different. There's no kind of real, real kind of spot where you might fit in. It's just, just the way life is. And I think we should always be happy with that. That's totally fine. I think it is. And like, there's no point putting a square peg in a round hole. That's what I think. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Um, oh, you know what I do when I feel homesick and I start to question it and I go, should we move back? Like, should we go and do something new or different? You know what I do? I go on to, I think it's called Right Move in the UK, which is just like domain or real estate over here, which is just like housing rental website. And I start to have a look at the rentals over there. And for me, that helps me visualize, can I actually see myself doing that? Like, do I really want to do that? And he does daydream a bit. She'll be like, oh, look at this <laughs> rental, Steve. It's amazing. It's like this cottage in the countryside. Well, that's the thing. You know, we watch, um, what's it called? Escape to the Country oh, yeah. a lot. We're like, oh, isn't it lovely? And they always show it, you know, in summertime with the nice light. They, they never show you the, you know, the and nine months of perpetual rain. rain and yeah. sleet and icy roads and everything. They don't, they don't, they don't do they? show that. It's never filmed in the winter. It doesn't exist in where the show doesn't happen in winter. Mm -hmm. It's a summer. It's a summer show. Well, that's the thing. You've got to realistically think about it. If you're feeling like, oh, I, I really want to go back home. I'm really missing it. You know, I need more than just the beach and the weather here. Realistically, I'm just going to let you guys know now. You're probably already aware of this. But when you start looking at rentals in England, they're not that great for what you get for your money. Yeah, I mean, and it costs, of, you know, things are going up in, you know, to extortionate prices everywhere for everything. So, you know, you know, pop on your, your power bills and everything onto the rent and it's just going to be a pretty pretty heavy duty price tag to do, to live in that nice little country cottage, right? Yeah, and it's a great wake-up call because then I go, huh, yeah, now I know what it's like to live here. I mean, where we live, we're super lucky. We're renting, but we live in a house. And I think if we try to match that in the UK, we'd we'd probably have to spend like an extra thousand pounds to get something like this really a month, which is like a lot. Um, so it makes me really, really appreciate where we're living. And I know sometimes, you know, when you sort of think about the buzz in England compared to the buzz in Australia, especially for us, you know, it can feel a bit boring at times. I'm going to be admit that. And it's true because... If you're used to, you know, the lifestyle in England compared to here, it is different. Um, and, I, you know, it just made me think, gosh, if we lived in England, wouldn't it be lovely to zip off to Italy for like a few days and weighing up those pros and cons of everyday life? We said that last time we were there. <laughs> and how many times did we do that? One, how many times? We did it once. Once. Yeah. Once. But that's only because we went to Croatia and it was so expensive. It was crazy expensive. And I can guarantee you'll be but very expensive. But some of our friends are traveling a bit at the moment. Looks like everywhere's really expensive now. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, we'll just get, take that one off the, <laughs> off the dream list. So, you know, there's, you know, all those sort of little things, are, you know, your little fantasy moments you had in your head, you know, it's kind of like, is that really going to happen? Yeah, and as we spoke to Amy in our last episode, um, you know, we talked a lot about that sort of expat guilt situation and, you know, in that conversation, um, we did talk about that experience that, that our, actually our other podcast episode that we had with a county down under is going through, um, considering she's moved back to Ireland and she's sort of seeing it as she's moved back for a year. And I just feel like if we all treated our lives uh, as an expat, as a sort of short-lived experience, would we look at it in, sort of in different eyes? Brilliant, brilliant way and way to, you know, an, like analyse that. I think if we did, I think we'd all live better. Wouldn't I we? Really Why would we be miserable when we're living in an amazing place for? Yeah. Like, it's just like, you know, obviously there's probably a lot of people who might be listening to this going, yeah, right, well, I'm, I'm set here for life now and I can't do anything about it because I've got children who are settled or, or like I've got to be here for the next five years or 10 years and to me that seems like a really long time. But 
it doesn't really matter how long you're here for. I feel like everybody should be living their lives the best they can each day and really appreciating each day that we have because no one knows what's going to happen. You can walk down the road and bam, you know, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's true. You should be really living life as uh, the best you can. And be, be kind to people, be nice to people, help people, all that sort of stuff because life's too short. It honestly is. I know it sounds like a really, you know, catchy thing that we're throwing out, but honestly, you'll actually feel better if you help people. It's like almost a selfish thing. Think of about it in a selfish way. I want to feel better. I'm going to go and help you. I'm going to feel good about it, you know? So, yeah, yeah, go and help. Go help, and help, help people. Peeps. And I do feel like that there are certain moments in our lives that come around where we go, oh, gosh, I've got to make a really big decision here. Which way are we going to go? Which path are we going to take that's going to really determine our immediate future? And that's one thing we had to do with Agnes Walter, in a sense. Can I just say flipping a coin helps you make the decision? <laughs> it really does because you'll watch your own mind at the result. So you'll be like, oh. heads or tails, heads or tails, let's, yeah. you know, whatever it will be, let's do it. And then you flip it and then you land and it goes, oh, it's heads. I feel so bad about that now. I wish it was the other one. And you go, oh, that's what I need to do. I don't need to flip the coin. I just need to go do that. And that that's happened to me so many times when I've been like, you know, traveling around the place and I don't know what to do next. I'll literally flip the coin and I won't even pick what's on the coin. It's just that it's clear in my mind from that point which way I should go. Well, there you go. <laughs> but, I'm, you know, when we were leaving, when we were deciding about Agnes Water, Agnes Water was the place that where we felt the most settled anywhere, isn't it? Like, we loved it there. We had friends there. It was a really easy life living there. Now, you know, we weren't happy all the time we were there. Like, a lot of the time we were like, oh, my God, we need to get out of here because we need to, like, be back to life again. Um, but at the same time, making that decision to leave was really, really, really difficult. And when we went back last weekend... I did get a sense of grief like being there and leaving there because I felt like oh my god I gave up that that was so nice um but when you get when you get presented with these opportunities in your life it's like you either take them or you don't yeah I reckon you should grab it any opportunity that comes your way grab it with both hands and you know what it's okay if it doesn't work out it's totally fine you know fail fast start something else new afterwards and go do the next thing because that's the way life is that you know things some things work some things don't mm. but the be the most important thing is that you're engaged and that you're doing things and like moving in a direction that's the super important part be hungry for for being right and being on the right feeling like you're on the right path within yourself i think that's the that's the critical moment or the critical thing to take away uh from that is just feel like that you're on a, a path to somewhere and then you know i think you know except roll with the punches and be cool there you go cool. that's steve's advice be cool and think about all the things you can learn as an expat as well i'm sure all of us have changed drastically since we probably left our home countries um since moving abroad and it can only really do good for you really yeah um and life this one, one last thing life is truly like an adventure it's not meant to be like you know it is it is a choose your own adventure it's not meant to be a story where you read the end of it and you read the middle of it and then kind of you know what's coming that that'd be super boring right it's you don't have to live like that you know live your dreams all the rest of it. <laughs> I'm just going way too far now. <laughs> I think that's pretty good, Steve. That's Steve's um, uh, morality boost of the day. And um, fist bumps, fist bumps. Woo yay! Yeah. So yeah, I hope this um, episode has inspired you in some way and really helped to reassure you that it's okay and uh, enjoy, enjoy your life as an expert. 
And don't forget to like and subscribe. Leave us a review and we will love you all the more. Tell everyone, tell your friends, tell your neighbours, tell the cat, just tell anyone you can. Tell them amazing how amazing this show is. And if you loved us, tell them even more. Anyway, take care, be good to one another and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye.